podcast world. This is Caribbean Power Lunch, where we feature Black-owned businesses. I am your host, Kevin Valley, and today I am joined by Celine Griffith again. Hi, guys. How are you doing? It's been a while. It's been too <laughs> long of a while, Celine. <laughs> so today we are joined by an environmentalist, a creative, and a rum aficionado. Connoisseur, sir. Connoisseur. connoisseur. <laughs> I thought you said you like the word aficionado. What's up? You I like what, up. I, I, a uh, connoisseur aficionado. <laughs> we could use both. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Carver Bacchus, welcome to the cabin studios, my brother. How Thank you, doing? you, sir. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. All right. So we're coming off the heels of Green Screen Film Festival. That's right. Big event in TNT here. Yeah, I'd like to think so. This is the eighth year that we had the festival. Uh, we just closed off a couple of weeks ago. Hopefully, some of your listeners would have seen in, in Trinidad and, and hopefully abroad as well would have seen some of the materials that we were pushing out about the festival and the stuff that we're doing in terms of development and in terms of programming. We're excited that we that the festival has certainly grown over the last eight years. This year was the, the biggest, most intense year. And we're also very happy that it is over for now. <laughs> All right, because the team is completely, completely knackered, but you know. Completely what, sir? Tired. Oh, okay. But was it was it woody? Knackered. Knackered is what I said. That's a German word or something? No, that's uh British people use it. Okay, but slang. It's slang. Do I need it's to check slang for dictionary? tired. <laughs> it's slang knackered. for knackered. knackered. N-A-K-A-D. Yeah. Okay, interesting. That is how I think it's spelled. Knackered? Knackered? Knackered. Yeah, it's just like a, I don't know, it's a term that, that mm. British people use for super tired. I'm not mm. sure the etymology of the word. Oh. We could look it up if you're super interested. Yeah, I am super <laughs> interested. And knackered. <laughs> knackered, <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> so eight years in the yeah. making though. So, but this green screen film festival, it's part of your company sustain tnt that's right that's right i sustain tnt is a non-profit company right. yeah. dedicated towards environmental sustainability so now you have an environmental sustainability company that is about producing content so how do we get there well short story i suppose i won't give it a long um the long form story sustain tnt came out of a another project when i moved back to Trinidad from the UK in 2008 or 9 after film school I sort of realized that listen there's very limited environmental and sustainability education taking place in Trinidad and Tobago there's very little community around these issues there's very little discussion about environmental issues that was a concern for me so I decided you know fresh back to Trinidad to do a series of events that had environmental sustainability at their core. And those events were called Sustain TNT. Actually, it wasn't a brand, it wasn't a, a registered company or anything at that time. And part of what Sustain TNT, the event was, one of the three events that we did was a film screening. Mm. And we did a green lifestyles workshop, we did a green business seminar, and we did this environmental film screening, which was the the first event of the three. And that event was like the most well attended and everybody was talking about the issues that we ex explored. This is all the way back in 2010. 
Sustain TNT was registered in 2011. This is the year after we had Sustain TNT, the events, which were put on by another company that I'm a director of called Pop Creative Services. So Pop Creative Services put on Sustain TNT. We realized there was traction. We realized there was interest in environmental education matters. We realized that there was a space for edutainment in, uh, around these issues. So, of course, we want to reach people, we want to excite people, and we want to touch them emotionally to ensure that they, they take some action, to facilitate them taking some action. They have to feel, you know, especially trainees, we have to feel something yeah. in some way. So that's where the environmental and film aspects came together. Were you always all about the environment and stuff or is this something that just a eureka moment that came to you when you were abroad in the uk i can't say that i was always you know super environmental what i can say is that growing up my parents would give us licks if we littered for example okay right uh, my dad is a forester he's a an agronomist uh so he's an environmentalist without saying he's an environmentalist he was a he was a litter warden when i was growing up that wasn't his job but i think everybody working for the forestry division was a litter warden they were given a, a litter warden license or whatever they used to call it so you know uh we grew up with a certain environmental understanding it wasn't like yeah I, uh, you know i wasn't yeah uh, you, you you know i'm not going out the road there and you know planting trees on every street corner and and these things but, I was about to ask you if, whilst in the UK, if that was the conversation taking place over there, because I know we go through a wave of of things of what's a fad, yeah, you know, from time to time. So, if was that the conversation oh, going yeah. on there, and then coming to Trinidad and seeing the absence of it, is it that that really inspired you to start? Yeah, definitely really creating the awareness. Well, that kind of question. Thing? Because the truth is, you know, in two thousand and seven. Uh, we're now in 2018. Mm. In 2007, when I would be walking the streets of Leeds and Brighton and London, you know, traveling about the UK mm. in school, people would stop me on the street to talk about climate change. They had these campaigns mm. where, you know, they would try to raise funds and, and, and raise awareness by street teams. So they'd have street teams in, in different cities and yeah. places with high traffic. Yeah. And they'd stop you, they'd talk to you about the issue and then, at the end of the conversation, they try to get money out to you. Five pounds, one pound, whatever you could give, Something's right? Something's got to give. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But the point is that people were stopping you on the street mm -hmm. in Brighton, in London, in Leeds mm -hmm. to talk about climate change. Yeah. And it was on the news. Mm. And it was something that I think Gordon Brown is the prime minister at the time of the UK. It was something that, you know, that was coming out to the prime minister's mouth on a regular basis mm -hmm. talking about climate change issues, Right. right. Because this had relevance for immigration, it had a relevance for food security, it had a relevance for infrastructure. Mm -hmm. The UK is an island. So I found it fascinating and kind of scary, you know, coming back to Trinidad and nobody's talking about climate yeah. change in 2008 mm -hmm. or 2009, right? Nobody's talking about it. Nobody knows what it is. You know, there's still a sort of pull and tug about, oh, is it real? And right. That was a huge concern for me. And I suppose that was part of the reason why I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely something that we need and something that I should do because nobody else is doing it. So how did you go about getting started? How did you go ahead and start that conversation? 
in terms of setting up the business or just yeah, so in terms of the whole movement, right? So it's somebody the whole yeah. bigger mission and vision of of bringing that climate change awareness to yeah. the country. Well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's, it's not like I, I sat and, and wrote out the whole plan right. and said, okay, this is what it's going to look like in five years. This is what it's going to look like in 10 years. I didn't do that. I just started doing things. A lot of my background is in communications, marketing, mm-hmm. sales, management, mm-hmm. right? That's my background and that's my experience and i had just come back from film school so my idea was to merge all of these things into something that could help to transform trinidad and tobago and the region and hopefully pay some of my bills Mm -hmm. right so it was really a a question of figuring out how to do that how to grow how to make money how to develop myself as a professional how to build a team how to figure out certain things because I'm operating in a space in Trinidad that I didn't operate in before, right? I had a decent job. I just got my salary and I, you know, I was in, I was in a, a, a government um, organization. <laughs> post office. Well, TT Post. Yeah, I was, a, I was a TT Post for three or four years and I was business development manager there and I was a retail network manager as well. So all the TT Post you see around, I used to manage all of those with the help of the team at TT Post at different times and all the products, T2Post products, the bill pay, the courier service. At one point, I supervised and managed those product lines at T2Post. And people call it the post office, but it, it actually was an organization on the cusp of major transformation at that time. And I feel lucky to have worked there because mm-hmm. uh, I worked with some really good people. My best boss was actually somebody that I worked with at T2Post who, who was from New Zealand. Like I, oh. a, a Kiwi guy. Were you doing your environmental work and stuff on the side whilst doing your regular job? Because you're doing that and you're putting aside the time, yes, but they're not even related. I wasn't. When I was at TT Post, I was concerned with TT Post business. Yeah. I dabble in entrepreneurship, you know, since I was in high school, I'd sell comic books at school. And uh, when I was in college, I'd throw parties. And then when I moved back to Trinidad, I threw parties. When I lived in Cayman, we threw parties. We threw parties. My entrepreneurial thing was throwing events, doing events over the years. Uh, so that's what I did. But the environmental aspect and the media production aspect, mm-hmm. that only came into play after I came back from the UK. Right. Okay. So you started a company. You built the team and everything. What was the... Any breakthrough moment, the moment when you actually proved the concept and you said, all right, this is something that could happen regularly. This is something I could put on regularly. This is something that has an audience, it has traction, has a following. Yeah. You know, I, I don't really look at it that way in terms of this breakthrough moment. I don't believe in that we, I ever had that moment, to be quite honest. I decided that this is what I was going to do. I did the due diligence mm-hmm. and understood that this was a need. There was a space in the market and I just did it. So, you know, people showing up, people coming is exactly what was supposed to happen. How did <laughs> you, know, you do that? You know though? I mean? Trinidad is a place we real tough Yeah, yeah. to accept change. Yeah. Really, really tough. And yeah. how did you get people to start listening to you, listening to... Yeah that voice that's, that's in the wilderness saying, yeah, we need to be yeah. more aware of the environment. <laughs> but remember, he's about six foot four. <laughs> <laughs> so, six, foot, six foot three. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my uh, God, the whole edge series. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you play basketball <laughs> in college, uh, but but not not like for team or anything. I just sweat basketball. Okay, okay, okay. That, okay. I know, like athletes are the ones who are concerned about that difference in that inches. No, I'm not six foot two. I'm six foot three. Yeah. No, sir. I can't. I can't go nowhere and tell nobody I'm six foot four. To, you know. Well, I can, but you know, somebody who's six foot four be like, no, that, no, Dan, you are not six foot four. You are six foot something less than four. Oh. So did you get um, like counterparts from the UK to help you set it up here? Like to when no, you came here no. and you were a lunar, no, lone to, ranger. Total lone ranger situation. Mm. So then your marketing skills were well on point then. You <laughs> <laughs> have no. all that TT Post experience. <laughs> no, like, you know what? Honestly, I think that the, the product, and we're talking about green screen specifically here, and... I, mean, I do a lot of other things apart from green screen. Sustain TNT does a, mm. a, as well as myself as a consultant. Mm. But the green screen product is and has always been something that I, I certainly felt it was important for it to be an approachable mm-hmm. brand. Okay, you know, it had to be fun. Right, you know, it had to be Engaging. cool. Yeah, it had mm-hmm. to be cool. Yeah, and you know? that can cross various um, target markets as well because you have young people involved in it. You have people of the older exactly. spectrum. Exactly. So. You have to entertain people. You have yeah. to, like everybody who comes to, at least we try, you know, we try. We don't always succeed. But everybody who comes to a green screen event has to feel welcome. They have to feel like they are a guest. And Trinis like to lime. Trinis like to to hang out. They like to party, you know. So that has to be part of what we do as well to broaden our reach and you know if people engage with a brand like that that's talking about these things and they can enjoy it at the same time then they go away with a good feeling yeah and so it's not all this down negative problems challenges right but those exist mm-hmm. but you know we, we also have to come together as a community and engage with one another and talk and laugh and learn and that is what we definitely try to to engender that whole idea you know Community. So the approach is really what um, got people on board, really and truly. Yeah, I Because guess. it's something different. I, I remember in an interview you did, I think it was the interview with um, Boxer Crayons. Boxer Crayons. Where you were speaking about... Big up Dano and them. <laughs> All right, Dano. <laughs> where you were speaking about just not bringing this information across in this boring way that people yeah. would think it's over their heads and, and they wouldn't really be involved in it, you know? So... It's the approach that you you have by doing it through film, which is something that you're passionate about and you're you're used to. But how come I haven't seen? I don't think I saw anything from you guys in the film festival this year. Yeah, TNT oh, film, Trian festival. film festival. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. well, Trian Tobago Film Festival is a different festival. I mean, the reality is that we have our own platform. You know, TTFF. I have a lot of fond feelings about the festival, and it, it definitely created a incredible space for young filmmakers and, and young film programmers and everybody involved in the film industry in trying to be going the Caribbean and the, and the wider world to meet and link and all of that. But I mean, if I was them, I wouldn't be running me down for my content either because I have my own festival. I create films, I produce films, I facilitate the production, executive produce other content. And we have a festival. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean that's not a bad it's not a bad idea because you have a niche for that kind of thing but what I'm saying is mm-hmm. where you have that particular festival taking place 
at that specific time of the yeah, year yeah. where you have people's attention. I yeah. think it's another avenue. Wouldn't it be another avenue for people if, to if, if, jump on board? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, we've done co-screenings. We've done co-screenings with uh, cover dancing. <laughs> <laughs> we've done co-screenings with TTF over, mm-hmm. over the years. Okay. Um, and Anime Carib, and hopefully, you know, in the future we'll do stuff with other festivals. But, you know, like we do a film, like let's say A Better Place that premiered in 2015. We want to premiere A Better Place. Nice. And TTFF is, like all festivals, is concerned with premiering films. Okay, so if we, So if we show a film, at one point we would have been keen to premiere in TTFF. Mm-hmm. But now it's like we want to get that shine on all festivals. So, so that's where, where we'll Because premiere. you're more about the message and not so much film. You're just using film as the medium. Oh, we're very much about film. We're super, uh, you know, focused on film as craft. But at the same time, eight years in, we have a much clearer picture of what it takes to run a festival right. and, the, and the things that you need to do in order to put your festival on the, on the world map. And part of it is premieres. Nice. So yeah, if if I produce a film with premiering in green screen, either green screen or Berlin or Barcelona or somewhere, you know? <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. So would you look at TTFF as a competitor per se? Or, I mean, I know you guys are differentiated. I know TTFF is more mainstream. There's probably a little more, it's probably a little more, all right, so it's not environmental. It could probably be, a, they probably have less limitations. They could probably do some more Definitely. sexy stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely less. You know? Yeah. They could probably yeah. do some, I don't know. I see them as a partner. Right. That's where I wanted to get to. Yeah. I, I don't really, and, and we have been partners over the years. There's no reason why we wouldn't be in the future. They have a different mandate. You know, our mandate focuses on environmental and sustainability education. And their mandate is the development of film as art, film as commerce, and film as product. And while those things are very important to us as well, it's not the number one priority, you know? So there's a lot of ways that we could shake hands, a lot of ways that we could collaborate, and we've done that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should be, you know, looking at how we could do that in the future. But no, I, d- I definitely see all the, f- the film festivals in Trinidad to be able, and have always seen them as as partners. And that's why Green Screen has probably had the most partnerships with other festivals okay. inside of our festival than any other festival. Okay. Pardon all the festivals, but yeah. Because you're all part of this bigger movement of um, enhancing, I don't know, local creative products. Exactly, yeah. The film festival season supported by Film TT is uh, a testament to that because all our festivals traditionally fall in the same time, the same season, so to speak. Yes. September, October, November. Yes, yes. So a couple of years ago, the idea was floated that we should, you know, do this festival season. At the time, we pitched it to various ministries, and eventually it happened. I believe it was 2016. It happened again this year. So it really gives all three festivals this platform to promote, to co-promote, to position the season as uh, Trinidad and Tobago as a destination for film and a whole host of other benefits. I personally think that it's working. Yeah. So let's talk about sustained TNT. Okay. I have a little, I have a little axe to grind, but yeah. Silly, sure. Silly, 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 silly. Just before we get to, 
This no, I don't mind. I, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind. No, that. We, we, I don't mind axes. Aliens axe, you know. <laughs> um, no, just just one more thing on green screen, right? So, you guys got content coming out of the wazoo. You got sponsors and everything. Like how I, I still want to know how you're able to put all of that together. You got all these private sponsors. You mm-hmm. you're shown on on any premiere. Mm. Um, movie distributor and platform mm-hmm. in in the country. Big up to IMAX. Big mm-hmm. up to Brian and Ingrid. Right, my clients. Big up, <laughs> big up IMAX. Yeah, IMAX has been one of our partners for a number of years now. Yeah. Right, and you got a lot of all these other private sponsors and stuff. So how were you yeah. able to put all that together with your vision stemming from your time in the UK, where people are coming to you at flyers saying, "Hey, mm. environmental climate change." Yeah, well, with great difficulty, it's not easy. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's not easy at all, particularly given the uh, economic um, challenges that Trinidad and Tobago is facing right now. But we do, I think, have a certain level of credibility that we've built over the years. And the brand is strong and getting stronger, both sustain TNT and green screen. Uh, I think, you know, credibility, there's no value that you can really put on that. I suppose I give thanks for the the sweat equity that we've put into it to have a strong brand, you know, at, at this point. We definitely need more money to do the festival. I mean, it's not a, a situation like, um, you know, we have all of these excess money floating around and, and a set of money sitting down in an account. You know, we get money to do the festival and generally we s- split pennies mm. and get it done, you know. And we're still learning how to do that in the best possible way because you could split a penny in half, you could split a penny in three, <laughs> you know. Uh, we're still figuring that out, but I think that we do it pretty well, you know. I, I, I think yeah. overall we do it pretty well and, and for the the value that sponsors and grant-making agencies get from green screen, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's is, is more than the money that they put in personally, I think. Uh, most of them, I think, would agree with that. Uh, but that's what we do. So that is not a that is not a situation where I'm like gloating over the fact that we do that. I think that is the that's the value that you're supposed to bring, certainly as a non profit, yeah. and and then as a perceived, uh, you know, uh, corporate citizen, corporate citizen, but more more so somebody operating outside of the ordinary spaces. Then you know, right, right. and they, and they would buy into your vision like immediately upon your pitch, or no, would no, it no, be no, like no. a lot of back and forth? No, 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 no. Immediately upon my pitch. Yeah, people part in with money for an NGO. I mean, I know that you have, NGOs have their challenges with raising funds and awareness and stuff because people want to see your your bottom line. They want to see your plan. They want to know that, yeah, this is going to bring me some sort of profit. Mm -hmm. And because it isn't doing that, it'll take more convincing, obviously. Yeah. What he offers is um, a lot of brand visibility, though. Yeah. Yeah, brand visibility. And, you know... I think that corporate social responsibility is something that has not gotten its just due in, in Toronto and Tobago. And the importance of corporate entities investing in communities, investing in ideas, investing in products and services that eventually could grow and feed families and, and build communities is very important. And I think that green screen is an example of that. Yeah. And it's something that we, you know, try to you know, encourage our corporate partners to do so. And this definitely falls in the realm of corporate social responsibility. 
let's get to sustain TNT. Yeah. Celine said she has an axe Not to really, grind. No, you know, I like to charge. <laughs> Come on. Waiting patiently to hear about this axe. <laughs> no, I, one of my good friends brought this thing to me. I didn't come here. I didn't come here for no axe. Was it last year or year before, boy? She brought this thing to me. You were looking for an event coordinator. And I, I can't remember if I sent it in. But what came of, of, of what came of that? Because I know that what does the sustain TNT do? Because that was the first time I, mean, I heard they, of the Are you talking about a job you applied for? See? Yeah, boy. Well, that, that was the little axe. It's a small axe. It's a small axe. No. But my main question is. <laughs> Why you didn't get your work? <laughs> Don't be silly. Why didn't you get work? No. Hey, my main question is. Did you get my application? <laughs> imagine. I just sent it in. But I. It's now raising the question in my mind. Wait, I don't know what Sustain TNT is about. Yeah, I, you know. Okay, okay. So that's fair enough. The presence in terms of our community here in Trinidad and Tobago, and of course outside in the region and internationally, what does Sustain TNT do? Sustain TNT's mandate is environmental and sustainability education, mm-hmm. and what that means is for us is using. Creative mm-hmm. means creative techniques to change behavior and help people learn more about environmental issues and sustainability issues. So we do that through a lot of events. I mean, that you know, you talking about the event manager position. A lot of events. Everything we do is an activation, mm-hmm. generally. So do you go to schools and and how we we how have a schools executed? program? Okay. Um, and generally the schools come to IMAX okay. during the festival All right. I mean we do go to schools it depends on the program so I mean we make films we show films and we develop education programs and we try to include film in many of those education programs so for example we had a Sustain TNT Academy in 2017 I believe it was where we went to children's homes in Trinidad went to three children's homes right so these are orphans or kids with parents who aren't able to take care of them just now right and we had a program talking about permaculture about organic farming educating them about climate change educating about you know reuse art design you know to get their creative juices flowing but of course we also showed them films and we did filmmaking workshops and that's another thing that we tend to do, development workshops, getting people, um, the various communities up to scratch with filmmaking techniques, how to operate a camera, how to operate the lights, how to record sound, um, how to frame a shot, how to write for documentary, you know, what makes a good story. In the festival that just ended, we did a workshop called The Art of the Interview. Nice. That's actually something we've been doing as a smaller part of our education programs, almost from the start, the art of the interview is so important for making good documentary. Of course. You know, um, how to prepare a subject, how to frame a shot, you know, in terms of how you want to position this person. You want to put them in the center of the frame. You want to ha- have the camera higher than them, lower than them. Yes. You know, what? says a lot. Why? Each yeah. of those things, they tell a story, a Ex- different story. Totally yes. they yeah, do. Yeah. Totally they do. So that's the type of work that sustain TNT okay. does. I mean, we, we do a, a host of things, but mostly it's focused on work that has education at its center, okay. workshops, seminars, film screenings, you know, that sort of thing generally. You mentioned corporate social responsibility um, a short while ago, and I know a lot of companies want to jump on board for 
that kind of thing to make themselves look good. Mm-hmm. And do do companies come to your Greenwash. to uh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Do they come to you to coordinate their Sometimes. campaigns or uh, and stuff like that? Yeah, we we've had a couple of people approach us over the years that some people you could tell that they really it's not yeah they yeah. they really believe in in this thing and they're really trying to use us and use our credibility to advance their corporate their their money mission mm. you know so we don't really mess with those kind of people but yeah i mean we you know we've got people with honest to goodness programs that they may not necessarily understand how to engage with communities. They may not necessarily have the contacts or the understanding of the sector to really get the impact that they're looking for. And, you know, we're very happy to help those people. And we have. All right. So Carver, what's next for, for the company for sustain TNT and green screen. So I see you guys did, um, you partnered with this film festival in Guyana, Tim Harry, Timiri. 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 Yeah. For a couple of years. Yeah. Last two years. Last two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's what's next for the for the company? How do you all grow? How do you all scale? How do you expand? Yeah. Well, that's part of it. We definitely uh want to A expand the green screen brand in a meaningful way outside of Trayan Tobago. And part of it was going to Guyana in collaboration with Timiri, building the infrastructure in Guyana for film festivals and content distribution. So that's definitely part of our mission. I'm interested in particular territories in the Caribbean, Jamaica, Barbados, very interested in those territories, St. Vincent, very interested in those territories. You say why you're interested in those particular territories or is it just because they're the popular Caribbean islands? Um, Well, partially because they have traffic, they have commerce, you know, they have things happening. Barbados already has a, a film festival. There's a certain level of interest in film. And I have a feeling that there would be an interest in investing in this type of uh, film festival. Yeah. We are the only film festival of this nature in the English-speaking Caribbean. Eh? Really? Yeah. So I could definitely see Barbados jumping on board. Or that, mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I have some work to do this year in terms of, you know, trying to go around and meet with people and, and, and see if we could get off the ground with that. But Barbados, Jamaica, Jamaica's super interested. People in Jamaica have been interested in green screen. People working in different sectors for a while, but we haven't been able to make it happen yet for, for, for whatever reason. I'm super interested in St. Vincent for... Love there. <laughs> <laughs> for, likes the beach there. <laughs> I love the beach. You love, you love I love the people. Yeah. My mom was from there. So, oh, for yeah. real? Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, serious? Yeah. Oh, nice. St. Vincent yeah. have good people, man. You know, and St. Vincent is, is one of those places that you know could benefit from a solid event that happens every year on the calendar to encourage tourist arrivals or investment in any way. Right, not just in terms of film, but I think that that there's an opportunity there. I mean, St. Vincent is also rather unspoiled, Mm -hmm. so that helps a hell of a lot. And I mean, the ganja doesn't doesn't hurt in terms of it being an environmental film festival. And I mean, plain talk, perhaps bad manners, but ganja is an opportunity. And oh, for sure. And until. And I, I, I feel well, very strongly about this. Let's say cannabis. Ganja, cannabis, marijuana, weed. 
the cannabis is the medical term or something. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking <laughs> cannabinoids, if you want to, if but we're not necessarily talking about cannabinoids, but um, <laughs> you know, the, the plant material that that uh, you know, sativa or indica. Sativa. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I have to uh, drink a little bit of rum. <laughs> yeah, but 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 no, I think um, you know, and and maybe to bring the discussion, you know, here. Back to Trinidad and Tobago. I mean, I think it's a tremendous opportunity. And I was talking to my my old man the other day. Uh, he's still he's he's rather sprightly, sprightly and charming as ever. Good for him. Yeah, you know, <laughs> pushing seventy and very very you know, he's all into the WhatsApp and and all of these things. So nice man. Yeah, he's a guy who I respect a lot obviously is my dad, but you know, as a professional and as a as a person I have a lot of regard for his perspectives and we were talking about ganja, we were talking about marijuana, cannabis, whatever you want to call it. And he said, "Well, you know, I I understand the various reasons why we would decriminalize it, but I don't think it should be legalized." Mm. And I usually agree with a lot of what he says. Right, and I, I won't go into all the reasons why he said he, he don't think he doesn't think that, it should be legalized. Podcast. Yeah, right. He doesn't <laughs> think it should be legalized. But the bottom line is that we've gotten to the point in a lot of the history of our development where we have no real reason for doing something or denying something or not doing something. We have no real reason anymore. Mm-hmm right? It's old laws. It's antiquated. It's completely out of context for now and for the future. And now we're talking about a situation where a group of people for various socioeconomic and cultural reasons, hundreds of years ago, or maybe a hundred years ago, decided that a plant that grows naturally on the earth, earth, that God made, Mm -hmm. is outside of the law. Hmm. A plant that God made and put on the earth. Uh, sorry to sound like a Rastaman now. All right, you go ahead and ask Alpha. But, <laughs> but yeah, Selassie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. it's, a, it's a plant. Totally agree. Totally. Kevin, don't jump in this debate. You know, but the plant has all these powers to make you high and, you know, and all these other other things. It's not like a normal yeah. plant. It's not like just, you know, like a, yeah. like a orchid or whatever. No, neither. I mean, I never n- smoke orchid, so you don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> True, <laughs> true. But my, my, I, I always say that there are plants that if you if you eat the fruit you die. Mm. There are plants that if you touch them and the thorns prick you, you get sick or you get an infection. These plants are not illegal. Yeah. Plants that can kill you are not illegal. You could go today, walk down the road, and eat a fruit from a plant and die. And that plant is legal. That plant is a legal plant. But marijuana. Because somebody decided <laughs> that well, marijuana this plant, is like Jesus. I don't know about that. But it's like the man all the time. Ah, <laughs> I, like, I like that argument. Guys, I'm like going like to be boring. I'm going to be boring, nude guy, right now. I like that argument. I'm going to bring it back. The night three times. I'm going to bring it back to business. I'm sorry. I'm going to bring this back to business. Marijuana is big business, man. <laughs> Ask Canada. All right. Mm. So back to back to what you do as a social entrepreneur. You know, sustain TNT and green screen, right? There's an interesting quadrant that I came across from um, Harvard Business Review. And on the vertical axis, they have economic impact. 
and on the horizontal axis they have social impact long-term social impact and when you look at so let's let's go from the bottom right low economic impact low social impact that's small business Mm -hmm. high economic impact low social impact that's high growth entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. when you look at high social impact low economic impact that's social entrepreneurship yeah but when you look at high economic impact and high social impact that's transformational entrepreneurship mm-hmm. so how do we get what you're doing right now as a social entrepreneur mm-hmm. into transformational entrepreneurship right hmm. that's a real big question that's a huge question yeah, yeah. but it isn't bull and everything yeah <laughs> hit him that, hit him that. <laughs> <laughs> well you know i think that a lot of it comes down to a question of demand whenever you have demand for whatever you're doing whether you know whatever it is it's going to drive development and i think that we haven't certainly in Trinidad, we, we haven't been able to prove a lot of these things to the point of demand yet so uh, so i'll give you an example if for example we weren't carrying the price of energy like an albatross around our necks. Yeah. Right? I'm with you. Yeah. If, for example, we weren't doing that, then that would open up a whole industry that could help people be more in energy independent. Yes. That a whole can, bunch of industries. Yeah, a whole bunch of industries, right? Energy efficiency and energy management, renewable energy, and all these things. And that money that we're paying as taxpayers to have cheap gas would go into a situation where we'd be able to afford public transportation and we'd have industries where people could make more money. That's really the bottom line. More of that money would trickle down, so to speak, or be able to trickle down or be available to trickle down. And that is a catalyst for entrepreneurship, is a catalyst for social action at the same time. Things like that, those switches that could be flipped that needs to happen in, in order for high social impact and high economic impact in order for those things to happen. Outside of that, it's just demand. Outside of society correcting itself, outside of us correcting some of these sort of things that don't work and haven't worked and we kind of need to sort out, outside of that, it's all about demand. It's all about figuring out a way to drive demand for, for example, organic food let's say yeah right? we use that as an example right because organic food has less pesticides less fertilizer a lot of the bad things we you know no wax on it there's a bunch of stuff that is actually better for you it's good food right but it's more expensive right it's more expensive why is it more, sure to, more expensive in the grocery ah mm. yeah if you can grow it yourself exactly you could grow it yourself it's just demand it's a question of demand because yeah. if everybody said you know what I don't want this cucumber that I know have a set of fertilizer on it. I only want cucumber with no fertilizer on it. And I don't care that it have a little a little ding on it. And I don't care that it's not perfectly, everything is perfect with the tomato, the cucumber, the whatever. If everybody were to change that and demand for organic produce was, was, was higher, then the price would go down and the small farmers would make more money but money would come out of certain people's pockets. So then, exactly. a, you know, and that's okay. 
So the bottom line is that demand is the question and people need to have a better appreciation for how they spend their money and the amount of power that they have. Yeah, I'm with you what you're saying there, Carver. And you know, you say it's driven by demand and you think about demand is driven by your mindset, right? And for the mindset to change, a transformation needs to happen. So I think you're well on your way. Transformation inherently is not a short-term thing. It's, de- it's definitely something that takes a while. You know, hopefully it doesn't take a decade or generations. Exactly. But I think with the movement that's going on, I think a transformation is definitely possible. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> so advice here for people who want to start these high social impact, mm-hmm. but not necessarily high economic impact, at least yeah. not any short term. All right, how do you to start those kind of projects like a podcast? Hmm. <laughs> well, a podcast is for fun, clearly, because I think that's that's a lot of what has been taking place this evening. Yeah. Uh, a certain amount of fun. And remind, me, remind, remind me, I have something in the in the car for you. I forgot. Oh, you have something to, in the car for you? Yeah, I have something in the car for you. Okay. I forgot to, to take it out. Um, speaking of... Um, you know, I might, I might just leave that to any podcast, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can take that up. But um, I really had to tell you before I forget. Um... Yeah, I would say, first of all, you know, you, you have an idea. It's something that is close to you. Mm-hmm. It's something that you might be super enthused about. You know, try and do your due diligence and and test whether this is something that somebody outside of yourself or your husband or your wife or your children really mm-hmm. care about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you have to have some kind of, market in inverted commas for whatever you're trying to do second of all um this is not something that i did and it, and it's something that i should have done you have to figure out a way to build in revenue streams into whatever you're doing into your project very very early hey preach that let me listen to that let me write that down <laughs> yeah yeah boy i'm sure you you understand this yeah you know what i mean yeah you know yeah yeah because it's not free even though yeah. It's a social program, even though it's something that, you know, it's not going to pay you a million dollars. It still costs money and your time is money as well. So you have to build in ways to to recoup some of that, Mm -hmm. some of that money right from the start, you know, Mm -hmm. or very close to the start, if not at the start. That's what I would say. Okay. Carver, where can we find you, sir? You can find me on Instagram at Carver Bacchus. You can find me on Facebook at Carver Bacchus. Green screen at green screen TT. Sustain TNT at sustain TT on Instagram and Facebook as well. And we have the green screen TT.com. That's our website for the film festival. And we have uh, sustain TT.org. That's the website for the organization. Website upon website, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have another website that I, that I didn't mention, but I'll leave that one out. What's your website, sir? Uh, it's a it's a website for a film program a project that we did in 2015 called A Better Place, and that is a Better Place Film dot com. Okay, okay, excellent, excellent. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. All right, okay, yeah, man. Thanks a lot. So I'm going to give you open platform, open mic to say anything you want to leave us with that we didn't cover this evening. You go ahead. Um, I can't imagine what that would be. <laughs> I, I think we really touched on a, a, a lot. And I'm happy that you asked me the questions you did, especially the one about the balance between economic and social benefits. 
I think that really cuts to the heart of everything that we're trying to build, really. You know, it has to make sense. Mm-hmm. All right, Podcast Will, there you have it. Mr. Carver Bacchus. <laughs> subscribe to Caribbean Power Lunch at caribbeanpowerlunch.com slash subscribe. Check us out on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, thanks, Celine. Peace out. <laughs> Carver. <laughs> give thanks, give thanks. <laughs> Podcast World, Cabin Studios, we are out. Bye.